crowd on a supposedly snowy day. Amen. You know, if we would listen to the weather, I think the weather channel is of the social media devil too. If we would listen to the weather channel, we would have canceled service today because it sounded like we were going to have a blizzard and 12, inch, 12 feet of snow and we weren't able to move. And So we can't go off, the, off, even, off even the weather channel. It's a liar too. Amen. So we just have to just do church and trust God. And if we went off that, we would never have church. And I congratulate you for getting here this morning, amen, and making the choice to get out of bed and not worry about the roads and anything like that and be at church, amen. So how many of you are competitive? Let me ask you a question. Let me see your competitive over here. This competitive side over here. How many over here are competitive? Online, you're competitive? All right, well, the 9 o'clock service is coming for you here in this 11 o'clock service. Let me tell you, the 9 o'clock service is growing it was packed this morning, and the spirit was strong, so I, I just got to tell you, I'm starting to like lean towards 9 o'clock a little bit. I told him I wasn't going to tell the 11 o'clock, but I am starting to like that 9 o'clock service more, so y'all aren't going to let that happen, right? You're going to amen me down and be excited and give God glory and be, be ready. That was your chance. You missed it right there. Amen. Amen. The people online got to hear you. Amen. So get your Bibles open. We're going to talk about goals. Everything we're doing right now is setting things in motion for the year. And, and we're going to talk this morning about writing things down. If you didn't get that text, you can still do it today or during the week or sometime this month would be good. But we're going to talk about putting something on paper and, and believing that a precedent is being set. Just like we did missions just now. As Pastor Mario was talking about that importance. And you know what, Pastor Mario? We're going to do that. We're going we're gonna to go that bear witness in my spirit. We're going to send this offering today to El Salvador. Amen. It's going to go straight to El Salvador. Whatever came in, amen. We've got El Salvadorians in this church. Amen. And so there are a great couple. I know, I know them. And so we're going to just bless them and, and trust God to use that for the work to grow down there. Um, but we, we are setting things in motion today in January for the rest of the year. And so you being here today is, is a good move. Carl and I went to the gym on Tuesday, or I think it was this last Tuesday, and we pulled into the parking lot. It was packed because it's the beginning of the year. I was just glad I went in December. <laughs> Amen. And I'll be there in February. But how many know a lot of those people that are in that, in that, in that uh, parking lot won't be there because they made New Year's resolutions and they said, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, you might have done that with church this year, but don't let it be just January. Let it be February and March and April and all throughout the year, amen, on a snowy day or a sunny day or a rainy day or a cold day or a hot day, we're coming to church. Tell the person again, you look good here in church. Tell them I'm glad you're here. One more thing, tell them this, this is the truth. Church wouldn't be the same without you. You realize that this service, this church would not be what it is without you here. Habakkuk chapter 2. Somebody, I didn't just cuss. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 2. If you're a new convert, you're going to have a little struggle finding it, and you're going to be like, thank God it's going to be on the screen. Thank you, Lord. But if you have your Bible and you want to find it, it's going to be in the Old Testament, and it's small. You might miss it. You might pass over it, but it's a powerful book. And it gives such a great ver few verses about, ver about goals. And I want to look at it. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Watch what this says. Now, how many know our salvation is personal? What does that mean? See, a lot of us don't know that. We're learning it. Is a lot of us think that we, we're going to go to heaven on the coattails of our parents or because we came to church, we're going to get in. 
But that's not how it works. It's personal. It's my relationship with God. And how many of us would realize this stands right here? It says, I will stand my watch. What could we do in Denton, Texas, around the world for the gospel if every single one of us would say, I'm going to stand my watch. I'm going to take my place. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to answer the call God gave me. What would happen? It could change the world. It says, I'll stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. How many know God wants to speak to you this morning? Are you listening? Now, let me ask you a question on this, mo- on this point here. How- I know we don't go by feelings. That song even said it. What a great song. Yes, I will. Whether I feel good or I don't. Amen. I'm, I'm probably making up my own words there, but yes, I will. Through the good, through the bad, rainy, snowy, cold, hot, I will. Praise the Lord. I will praise his name. How many have that kind of attitude in here this morning? I will praise his name no matter what's going on in my life. I will give God glory no matter what the world looks like. I will give God glory no matter how I feel. But how many can feel the difference in your spirit and in this service this morning because we're fasting? Let me see your hand. There's, there's a, you feel it. You feel the, the closeness to God. You feel the presence of the Lord more because we're telling the devil where his place is. And we're telling our flesh where its place is. And on this second week as we enter in, maybe you weren't here last week. The good thing about a 21-day fast is there's plenty of days for you to be involved. And if you haven't started fasting with us, find out. Talk to somebody. Say, what is it? Get someone's notes from last week. Go listen to the podcast. Go figure it out. Start today. And go for the next 14 days with us. Because you don't want to miss out on what God wants to do in your life through praying and fasting. Already hearing miracles. Let's keep reading here. So he says, that's the last part. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. How many are willing this year to let God correct you on some things? Amen? You know, in, that, in the first uh, service we were talking about the next step and people like Paul and Brenda... And what we're doing is we're making everybody that's in the church take the class because we want everybody to go through it as a, as a requirement for, for ministry. And they've been in this church for 11 years, been saved for over 20 years, long time. There's, but they, they're, they're making a statement that we haven't arrived. I haven't arrived. None of us in here have arrived. None of us in here know everything. And one of the best attitudes we can have this morning is I've still got some stuff to learn. How many got some stuff to learn? Amen. How many could be corrected this year? Say, Lord, show me what I need to do so I can be an overcomer. Show me if I'm going the right way or I'm going the wrong way. So there's an attitude that Habakkuk has here. He says, go back to that first end of in the first one. And he says, and what I will answer when I am corrected. You know, that's your, that's your what do you answer when God corrects you? Do you, do you say, yes, Lord, yes, sir, or do you whine, or do you complain, or do you go, why me, or are you sure you said that, or you, what about somebody else? Amen? It's me. He's talking to me. And God, when he corrects me, he's not correcting you. And when he corrects you, he's not correcting me. It's personal. Tell the person next to you, it's personal. Now let's read on, verse 2, watch this. Then the Lord answered me. God will answer. And said, write the vision. Why are we doing goals? Write the vision. Our, our, our vision for our church is real simple. And, and, and let me just give you some, some uh, advice. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. When you're writing, I mean, do what you want, but I need to keep it simple. Reach, teach, send. Our vision in three words. Reach people, teach them, send them to, do, get, to get more people. So he says, write the vision down. 
So when we write these goals down, we're, we're putting on paper, or putting on, as it goes on to say here, which is almost a prophetic thousands of years ago, he says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Back then it was actual stone tablets. Today it's the iPad and the Droid or Samson or whatever kind of tablets you have, and you're writing it on there on your phone. And he says, that he may run who reads it. So somebody else can under, how many know that's pretty simple? Reach, teach, send. Someone says, what's your vision? Oh, let me send you the link so you can read the 100 pages of what our vision is. How many like simple? Amen. And so our vision is simple. God's vision is simple. There's a song we were listening on the radio on the way here, and, and I forgot, I think it's uh, uh, Danny Goki, the guy that was on American Idol, a really great singer, really great testimony. He says, love people, love God. Think about it. That's what it's about. Love people, love God. Keep it simple. So make your goals simple and attainable. Now let's keep reading. That he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. This is very important. The vision is yet for an appointed time. We're not writing down goals that we already have. If you're writing down a goal that you've already attained, that's not a goal. A goal is reaching for something that you don't have. And so he's, he's saying it's going to come, but it hasn't come yet. And we have to understand that. And then he says, but at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. This is powerful because what it's saying is don't get to the end of 2021 and go, man, God didn't do nothing this year. Because it will speak and it won't lie. If you haven't done nothing, you're going to be at the end of the year. If you haven't spoken anything into existence, if you haven't spent time in prayer, if you haven't believed for these things, you're going to look back and say, man, God didn't do nothing. And God's going to say, listen, I'm the one with the unlimited power. I don't think it was me that didn't do anything. We're talking about connecting today. How many know that God has unlimited power? There's nothing he cannot do. There's nobody he cannot change. There's nobody he cannot heal. There's nobody he cannot set free. There's nobody he cannot deliver. There is no marriage he cannot change. There's no financial situation that he cannot turn around. He's able this morning. His power is beyond limit. So if something's not happening, it's us not connecting not putting it into that right source. So this year, we've got we've to connect and believe and understand that it is going to happen, and if it doesn't, it won't lie. We'll look, we're no, the Bible says we'll be known by our what? Fruits. Let's keep reading. This is important. Though it tarries, wait for it. Amen? Though it tarries, wait for it. How many, tell the person next to you, Wait. How many don't like that? No one likes that. Wait. We don't like to wait for things. Listen, there's going to be some things you have as goals that are going to take time. It's going to take a while for, you, for it to happen. And there's going to be some goals that you have written down that are never going to happen. Let me give you an example. I'll tell you right now. I'll put my, my info out there. My very number one goal every year, and it's the same this year, draw closer to God. Number one on my list every year. I'm not trying to sound super spiritual. That's my greatest desire. I want to get closer to God. And so how many know that I'm not going to, maybe in March, I'm going to be praying and, I'm gonna, and God's going to go, you made it. You're as close as you're ever going to be to me right now. How many know I'm not going to hear that from God? 
I will never get to a place where I'm as close as I can get to God because God wants closer, closer, closer. God wants more, more, more. He wants more faith. He wants more power. He wants more relationship. So that is an ongoing goal for the rest of my life. So I have to wait for that, but I have to seek it. There's going to be some things. Another one that's always on my list is to try to stay in shape, to try to work out, to try to eat healthier. And, 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 and that's, that's something that's going to go on. I can get some goals. I can get to a certain weight or whatever. But the bottom line is there's some things you're going to have to wait for. How many understand what I'm saying? Because, but here's what's interesting. He says, though it, uh, wait for it. Let me get back to my scripture here. It will not like Terry's. Though it Terry's, wait for it. Because it will surely come. God's a God of promises. But here's, and then it says, it will not tarry. It's not contradicting what it said there earlier. It's saying if you do what you're supposed to do, God will do what he's supposed to do, and it'll happen in God's time. Some of you can get a, long, a lot of revelation right here. Start learning to understand God's time, not your time. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. God's ways are not your ways. His are higher than our ways. Start getting on God's time. Amen. And it's totally not ours. Last verse. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. And here's the key. But the just shall live by faith. When you write those goals down, you're writing them down by faith. You're trusting God that he's going to bring to pass what you have asked him. Now let's look at Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. This is a chapter some of you may know, some of you have read before. But this is such a powerful thought. And here's, here's where the, the title, which I think I might have forgot to say, but it was up there, thankfully, is to speak over your goals this year. Speak life into your goals. How many know that the Bible tells us that the power of life and death is in our arms? The power of life and death is in the church. Where's the power of life and death? Somebody shout it out. In your words, in the tongue. How, everything that you are has to do with what you say. Woo, got quiet in here. Man, I, I'll preach that later, I guess. I wasn't, even trying to, I wasn't even trying to do anything there. I didn't even do that on purpose. Amen. Sometimes we do a little prick on purpose. That wasn't even on purpose. Speak life over your goals. Ezekiel 37. Verse 1, then I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read. This is 1 to 14, but I'm not going to read it all. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. See, when we pray and fast, we get more in the spirit. And set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Bones signified dead things in this story. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and because there were many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry, he said to me, God said to me, Son of man, can, here's the question, can these bones live? God is asking you, can your marriage be restored? God is asking you, can your finances get better? Can your body be healed? Can you be an overcomer? Can you be a soul winner? Can you be a disciple? Can you be what God has called you? He's asking us. Not because he doesn't have the power. He's asking us, how do you look at life? How do you see what we do a lot of times out of that power of the tongue is we keep looking at our nation. We keep looking at how lost it is. And we need to stop being Captain Obvious. How many have seen the commercial? 
We need to stop being that because it's, it's obvious that our nation is going to hell. It's obvious that our nation is lost. It's obvious that our nation has no hope. So we need to stop stating the obvious and start being part of the solution We need to start speaking life over the United States. We need to start speaking life over our country and life over the hopeless and telling them that there's hope. How many believe there's still hope for this nation? That they can be saved. This nation can be saved. We need to stop worrying about all the things we can't control and start worrying about what we can control, which is preaching Jesus and loving people and believing in his word. Amen. And just being hope to the hopeless. So he says he gives a good spiritual answer. Oh, Lord, you know. That's a good answer. Not, 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 the, not the right answer, but good answer. Because that's not what God was looking for. But look what God says back to him in verse 4. He says, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy to these bones. You know what prophesy means? Predict. See how the power of the tongue comes in? You need to start saying, instead of saying, man, I'm broke, man, I'm sick, I'm tired, I'm depressed, I'm lost, I'm this, I'm that. You need to start speaking life over, I'm, I've, got, I've got money in the bank account, I've got jobs coming, I've got a healthy marriage, I've got a healthy body. You're not, you're not just wasting saliva, you're speaking life over dry things that are dead, that need to come alive. It's a powerful, powerful statement from God because, again, God has no shortage of power. If we're not seeing a miracle or revival or a change, it's not because God is busy. It's because we're not believing. We're not speaking. We're not prophesying. He says, prophesy, verse 4, to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones. That means dead things. Hear the word of the Lord. Start speaking to your situation the word of the Lord. Read that word and prophesy that scripture over your family, over your marriage, over your job, over your fight. Speak, predict, declare. And he says, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. How many know God could breathe life into our country again? God can breathe life into our, to our church again. God can breathe life into those things that are dead this morning. And we're going to skip a few verses, and we're going to go down to verse 12. He says, therefore, because what he does is he starts prophesying, bones start coming back together, tendons start coming back together, skin comes on the bones, and all these amazing things happen. And down he goes and says, verse 12, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold my people, Watch this. I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves. How many know some people that need to come out of some graves this morning? I'm not talking about a physical casket. I'm talking about spiritually dead that need to come out of a casket. Some of you that might be watching online right now, you're online because you're too lazy to get up and come to church or you're too backslidden to get out of your bed. You don't want to face anybody. Get off your couch. Get out of your bed. Shake off that stuff and get back in the kingdom of God. Get back in the will of God. Get back in the word of God before it's too late. I won't say names, but some names came to my mind. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad you're here instead of being in the bed? 
Maybe you're watching on your phone right now in bed, and you're like, it's better than nothing. It is better than nothing, but get back in church. Amen. You know what's happening right now? I was talking after the first service. The mega church is being exposed because it's so big. They have so many people that don't even know what they believe. They can't even gather right now. They're closed down. Shout out. Come on, give me an amen. And people are going to start exiting out of those churches because they're going to stop. They're going to get tired of looking at a screen and they're going to want to be around people. Amen. We're going to be the church, and we're going to go forward. If we have to wear a mask, we're a mask. But we're going to have church. We're going to be together. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to cast out demons. We're going to preach, the Je- preach Jesus in person, even when it's supposed to snow. Amen. See, our flesh, if we weren't this fast, I don't know if we'd have this many people here. We might have let the flesh win today. But look at that as a picture of what happens when you begin to fast, and you begin to put your body in subjection. If you, if you weren't in this fast, you might have said, oh, I'll just pull that sheet over and stay in bed because it might snow. Well, how many know there might be a lot of things that would happen? If we lived the mights or the ifs, the what ifs, we would never get anything done. I was talking to someone this morning, and they texted me, are we going to have service? I said, yes, we're not going to go off the weather channel. If we went off the weather channel, we'd never have church. Now, there's been some times we've actually had to cancel a service. I've got up here early to prepare and the roads were slick and people were wrecking. I'll send out a text and say, stay home. I don't want people to wreck. But we can't not come to church because it might snow. Amen. Amen. Come on, amen. And by the way, you guys, are, you guys are right there with the 9 o'clock. So if you just keep it going, you can pass them up. Amen. And the, the good thing is they won't ever know because they don't, they're, already, they're already here. Amen. Now, here's the important part. Still with me? As we're writing our goals down, as we're speaking the vision, as we're speaking life over these dry bones, as we're believing for 2021, this is an important thing to look at. James chapter 4, 13 to 15. This is very important. Don't get the beginning and the end and miss this part right here. This is very important. This is a very wise verse, set of verses. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city, we'll spend a year there, we'll buy We'll sell, leave that up for a second, we'll make profit. What it's saying there is the, those, it's, we're, we're writing our goals down. We're making plans. That's good. Writing goals down and making plans is good. Nothing wrong with that, okay? But what he's saying in the next verse, watch. In the next verse it says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Watch this last verse. Instead... You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. If the Lord wills. This is going to be a a revelation. Some of the people in here that are, are, are mature Christians that have been around for a while realize how important this part is. You can make plans. You can set goals. You can write things down. You can believe God to do great things. But the, well, watch this. The difference between a mature Christian and an unmature Christian, between a disciple and someone who's just showing up to church, is they realize that God's ways are higher than our ways. And we're going to plan and we're going to do things, but there's going to be times things don't work out the way I want it to work out. And so an immature Christian quits they just quit they go I just go back to the world but a mature Christian realizes that that we, we we make plans but sometimes God says that's not my will 
You write something down, and he says, that's not my will. That's not what I have planned for you. And so we are so mad, and we go, oh, God doesn't, God doesn't do anything. He doesn't feel goals. Either. And God's saying, you don't want that. Trust me. Because sometimes we're asking for things we think we want. And I've got to a place, and you're a mature Christian here, you got to a place. And if you're not a mature Christian, you can get to this place where you can realize, I don't want what I want. I want what God needs me to have. Can I get an amen? You don't want what you want. You think you do. And God says, no, scratch that off. And you got to get to a place out of correction. Like Habakkuk says, you scratch that off. Okay, that one's, that one's supposed to write that down. God don't want that for me. And he'll save you from something. Because I might say this at a little bit different time than a 9 o'clock service, but there will be times in your life where doors will open up and you will automatically think it's God. And it's not God. And it might look like God. It might sound like God. It might seem like God. But it's not God's will. And you chase it. And what the devil does is he distracts you and he gets you off, off the path and gets you out of the will of God. And that's how people backslide. There, there, here's an example. I've, I, 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 have, I have a business mind. I have no doubt I have a business mind. But God will not let me do business. He will not let me do, have my own business. I had my own business when I first got saved. Anytime I've ever had my own business, I was successful. There was a few times over the years he'd let me uh, do business when I wasn't, when I, while I was preaching. But what I'm trying to say is my call is to preach the gospel. My call is to be a pastor. And over the years, opportunities have come up many times for me to start a business or to do something. When I was in Costa Rica, I'd get business ideas all the time. And trust me, we needed the money, as Pastor Mario was talking about. We needed the money. And you get to a place where you get frustrated and you don't have the money to buy clothes or this or that. And you're struggling on the mission field and you're thankful that you have support and you're there, but you want more. And God says, no, I didn't call you over here to make money. I didn't call you over to have those nice things. I called you over here to preach the gospel. And so things will come at you where you have to say, that's not God, even if it looks good. That doesn't mean you can't be a businessman in here. That doesn't mean you can't preach the gospel. That doesn't mean you can't do both things. I can't. I can't. And so I'm not dictating what Pastor Mario does or Pastor uh, anybody else in our fellowship does. I have to do what God tells this pastor to do. And I have to watch what God tells me not to do. And those things can pull you off. And one of the reasons that I have goal, know, know about goals is one year, I, I thank God I've been blessed out of my entire time of being saved and being married. I've only had one boss, and it was for one year. I've always been self-employed. I've, I've, I've never had to work for anybody. I've always been self-employed or in the ministry. And so that one year I had a boss, and I learned so much. God set me there. It was the first year we started this church in 2008, and I was able to work from the office of the church and take sales calls and work and, and, and be able to pastor at the same time was a blessing. But I learned so much from a self-made millionaire. He taught me a lot of things, and one of the things he taught me was goals. I had never written down goals in my life. You know what happens if we don't write down goals? We just go, well, whatever happens this year happens. Is that what you, do you want to have another 2020? You know why we didn't have a 2020? Because we had goals. And we had plans. And we had structure. And God was speaking to us. I'm saying some different things to you in this 11 o'clock than I said to the 9 o'clock. Because there's different, there's different direction God's going. Amen. You know how powerful God's word is? 
I could be preaching on finances right now and someone could get saved. I've preached messages before and had somebody come up to say, man, you really spoke to me and this and this and this and that. And what they were saying had absolutely nothing to do with what I preached on. It is amazing how God's word can touch every person's life all over this place and in and, and, and 50 different directions and online. And it's, you're thinking, man, what are you doing, God? God is doing something with his word. But you got to understand my ways are not God's ways. God's ways are higher than my ways. If you get that, it'll help you. Let's finish right here. Let me give you a few verses of promises. How many like promises? Proverbs 16.3. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established or, or your goals. Your thoughts or your goals. Here's another reason why we write things down. I say this a lot. I haven't said it for a while. I'm very uh, encouraging on taking notes. I don't look down on, if you don't, on you if you don't take notes, but I encourage it. Because I learned myself. I, have, I probably have 20 or 30 of, of these notebooks like this full of notes and sermons. Besides all the ones I have in the computers and all these different things. Because I learned from my pastor. As I would preach at a conference and look down at my pastor who had been in the ministry for over, at that time, 40 years. 30, 40 years, and he was taking notes. And I thought, I, I'll never forget the first time I saw that. I almost lost my train of thought on my message. I thought, he's taking notes from me. Wow. That means he's still learning. And I learned that attitude. I don't care who's preaching. I don't care what, what the situation is. I'm, I'm, I don't care if I'm older than them, younger than them. doesn't matter. I'm taking notes. I'm writing things down. I'm learning. I have that attitude of learning. And then when you write things down, Think about this. If you listen to the message today, if you're smart, really smart, and have a really good mind, you might remember 25% of this message. Maybe. But if you listen to the message and write it down, as you're writing it down, you might, you might retain half the message just by writing it down. But if you'll listen to it, write it down, and then later on today or this week, go back and look at the message, you might get up to like 75% of retention. Then what if you listen, write it down, go back later this week and do it, or in the end of a couple weeks, go look at it again. You might get 100% retention. There's something about writing things down, and it's so much that Habakkuk said it, write the vision down. So whether you write, I don't have good handwriting. I, I was joking in the first service. Sometimes I write my notes, and I go back and look at them, and I can't even read my own writing. Does anybody else have that problem? I'm like, what did he write down? Oh, that's you. <laughs> so, so I type a lot and, or speak it. Let me tell you something. I thank God for speaking text. Oh, I thank God. I look at my daughters and my wife and they're, and I can say like four paragraphs in the time they can write a sentence. But you got to be careful though. Got You got a screen check. Here's another verse, Proverbs 16, 9. A man's heart, stay with me, this is, this is important. A man's heart plans his way. So we plan, we write goals down, but the Lord directs his steps. So God says, plan, write down, write those goals down. What do you want? But here's something I probably should have told you last week before you made your goals, but it's okay. You can tweak, you can write, you can scratch. Proverbs 3, 6, 5 and 6. Say, tell, tell, tell the person next to you, Trust. Trust. How many know trust is an issue? A lot of us have trust issues. 
You cannot have those trust issues with God. You might have trust issues with people, and that needs to be fixed too, but don't have trust issues with God. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, how many ways? All your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. So you can make the plans, you can write things down, but then you let God come back in and autocorrect. How many are thankful for autocorrect? Amen. If it wasn't for autocorrect, we wouldn't be able to communicate maybe. I don't know. But you, you write them things down and you text and that thing goes, and this is the way it's supposed to be. Let God autocorrect your goals. Let him come in and say, you know what, I understand what you were trying to do there. But that's not what I want for you. Let me, let me show you what I want for you, and he'll speak to you. But watch this last verse. This is, this is the end. We, we need faith. We started off with faith. We're ending with faith. What God does this year in your life is going to depend on your faith. That end of that Habakkuk said, the just shall live by what they see. No, it says the just shall live by faith. Faith. God wants us to stretch ourselves. When you're lifting weights, or if you've ever lifted weights, or you've done anything to, it doesn't, I'm not talking about bodybuilding, I'm talking about health of your body. How does a muscle grow? By resistance. Right? If you have a, if you have a, a, a dumbbell, whether it's two pounds or 50 in your hand, and you go down like this to do a bicep curl, the resistance is what builds that muscle. Don't look at resistance in your life like a bad thing. Resistance is what grows you. Resistance is what makes you stronger. Look at those situations in your life and say, God is doing something here. He's stretching my faith. I'm telling you, some of you here, some of you will get this. God wants to stretch. Pastor Mario already said at the offering, God wants to stretch your faith this year. Stretch your faith. You know what that means? That means he wants you to believe in things you can't see. It's like here in our building where we envision Seeing another group of you, this many people behind you in another part of the church in a bigger sanctuary. I'm envisioning that wall down. I can stand up here and see people back there in a vision. New converts. All, not people from other churches. All new converts back there. Filling up that you've invited and brought into the church. God wants to enlarge the territory to reach more people. Amen. We didn't get that youth building just to say we had a youth building. It's to get more youth. Everything we do is to enlarge. And Isaiah 54, 2 says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Pastor Mario, I think that has a lot to do with finances. Do not hold back. Some of you, some of you God is wanting to stretch you. He's, he's telling you, give more, and you're afraid. And if you don't give, it's, it's, it's not about the church, it's about you. And God, Pastor Jones just say all the time, he says, God, we're not trying to get money from you. We're trying to get money to you. God is not trying to get money. He doesn't need your money. You need his money. But he's going to stretch you. There's going to be times when he says, give that. There's going to be times when he says, although I know a lot of us don't carry cash that much or whatever, he's going to say, give everything in your wallet. Give it all been times in my life I've been in a church many times I'm not saying this to toot my horn I've been in a service in a conference as a missionary 
and my offering that I get for preaching, which I don't go for an offering, they just bless us with an offering for preaching, my honorarium for preaching, is the, the money that I need to take back to my country and buy some clothes for my kids, literally, or put some tires on a car or something important. Many times God spoke to me on a Thursday night as a missionary and told me, put that check back in. Give it back to the church. Give it back. Send it to missions. That's stretching you. That's stretching you. So don't listen to me. Don't look at what somebody has today if you haven't seen what they did yesterday. Amen? Did you all get that? Don't get that on Tuesday. Get that today. Don't look at somebody and say, man, they got it all together or they're blessed or they got this. Don't, don't do that unless you know what they did yesterday. Because God will stretch you, and you don't do it. I, that's been many, many, many years, and I, don't, I, don't, I very rarely said that. I feel led to say it this morning because I believe that what Pastor Mario said at the missions offering is tied into this. It all ties together. This is a year where God is going to stretch us, but he is going to fill what he stretches. And it says, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes because God's going to move. I prophesy to this church, God's going to move in a way he's never moved before. We're going to see the revival we've been praying for. We're going to see the move of God we've been believing for. We're going to see lives changed. We're going to see chains broken. We're going to see marriages restored. We're going to see greater things in 2021 than we saw last year in 2020 because we speak it into existence. We prophesy, predict, and declare this is the year. Here's the last thing. Here, here, here's what ties it all together. Everything comes back to right here. Your heart. Show me where someone's heart is, and I'll show you where their fruit is. If God can get your heart, he can have everything else. A lot of times God wants our wallet. He wants our things, because he wants to, but we can't give it to him because he doesn't have our heart yet. Once he gets our heart, he don't even have to ask for the wallet. He don't have to ask for our time. He don't have to ask for anything because he's got our heart. But here's the key. How many want your goals to be answered this year? Let me see your hand. Let me see how many smart people I got in here. Duh, right? We want all our goals to be answered. All of them. Watch this. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. When you put God first, he'll bless you with things you're not even asking for. I remember when we bought our first house here in 2010. We were looking and wanting to buy a house several years before that, a couple years before that, and the year that I wasn't even thinking about it. We wrote goals, and, and I just was focused on preaching and the lost. And all. I wasn't even thinking about a house. That was the year we got a house. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the things you're not even asking for. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to pray. Stay in this attitude of prayer. God's going to answer some things. God's going to do some great things. He sees what's written down on your papers. He sees your heart. The Lord says this morning to some people, it could be one, could be 50. I see your heart. I see your desires. And, and as I'm saying this, it's going to bear witness with your spirit that I'm talking to you. I see your heart. I see the things that you do that nobody else sees. And I see that when you do those things, you do not do them to be seen. 
and I, I will pour out upon you a blessing this year and I will reward you publicly for that which you've done secretly. I will give you those desires of your heart. You've asked, you've sought, you've not done it for your own glory, you've not done it for a pat on the back, you've done it because I have your heart. And God says, this year I will answer those things that you've been praying for. This year will be the year where you'll begin, be overwhelmed and you will begin, listen, you will begin, the Bible, the Lord says, to begin to reap before you even sow. The, 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 the blessing will be out in front of you, not from behind. The blessing, the favor, the open doors. I'm not talking just about finances. I'm talking about favor because my, my own heart is I would much rather see souls saved than get money. And God knows my heart. I want souls to be saved. I want lives to be changed. And God's looking at some of you and he says, I see your heart and the reward is coming. I am, the, I am a God who rewards those who diligently seek me. It's coming. Receive that this morning, and you know who you are. All over this place, from front to back and side to side, those watching online right now, you that are backslidden, you that are allowing the devil to lie to you and, and deceive you and cause you to make excuses, Jesus is calling you to come home today. Come back home. Come back to your first love. You've lost your first love. Come back home today. How many in this place that are listening in this sanctuary could say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus. But as I'm sitting here, I can hear his voice. I can hear him calling. He's saying, give me your life. Give me your heart. And today you've never done that, but today you want to do that because the Bible says Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand and put it right back down. I want to pray for you. I see your hand. 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 God bless you. How many more? How many more? That's me. I, I need Jesus today. I want to make sure that he's Lord and master. It's not about my words. It's not about anything we've even preached. It's about Jesus touching your heart right now and saying, I've got a better life for you. The life that you're living is not the life that I want for you. I want you to have a life of peace. I want you to have a life of joy. And that peace and joy does not come from what's in your bank account. It comes from who Jesus is. Maybe you're backslidden in here. Heart's not right with God. and You need to come back to the Lord. If that's you, lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. Those that are online, God sees your hand for either one of those two. I want you to stand to your feet this morning, staying in reverence to the Lord, please. And if you raised your hand all over this place, God knows you that's online here, that's watching, that's going to say this prayer. You may be weeping right now. You may be crying. Tears may be coming down your eyes because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. He's ministering to you. He's, he's saying, listen, my grace is sufficient for you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. Come home. But he's calling because, listen, that verse in James says, life is like a vapor. Listen, church, life is like a vapor. One day it's here, the next day it's gone. Do not, one of the biggest things the devil does is he's a, he's a procrastinator. He says, you can do that. He won't even argue with you doing it. He said, do it later. You're not ready. Fix that later. 
you got to get some things in order. Do that later. That devil wants you to push things off. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time of the Lord. If you raise your hand for salvation or rededication, I want you to do one more thing. I want you to find the nearest aisle, and I want you to come down here this morning, and we're going to pray a sinner's prayer of salvation this morning. Amen? Come on, quickly. Many, many hands went up. Come on. Many, many hands went up. Let's go. Rededication. First time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just stay facing me. Amen. Amen. The Bible says you and your house will be saved. God wants to save the whole house. Amen. And there might be some things we don't understand. We're learning. It's never too late. Amen. It's never too late. Y'all believe that? It's never too late. It's never too late. Amen. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. Let's say a prayer all together. Those that are watching online will repeat this with us. Lord Jesus, we love you because you first loved us. We feel your presence. We feel your love. We know your forgiveness. You are a great God. We worship you. Jesus, I believe with all my heart and confess with my mouth that you are Lord. You're the only Lord. You're the only God. You're the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood that you shed on the cross for my sins. I accept that right now. And I ask you to change me and to make me the person that you have called me to be. I also believe you came out of that grave and you defeated death so that I could live forever. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And Jesus, from this day forward, I will listen to your voice. I will follow your words. And you will direct my paths. I'm yours. Take control. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a big praise this morning. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we glorify you. Come on, just worship him, worship him. Thank him this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Right before we go offline, I just want to tell everybody that's watching and everybody that's here, don't miss this revival coming up. Pastor Bland's going to bring some powerful words. We need to start off strong on Friday night. Don't just say, oh, I'll just show up Sunday, because you know what will happen? You'll miss God's word for you Friday night. Nobody in this place can be as adamant about me than me as revivals. I was saved in one. I would not be here, and a lot of you would not be here, if I wouldn't have gone to a revival on a Tuesday night. On an off night was the night I got saved. 
Come Friday. Friday, Pastor Bland's got a word for us. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not lifting him up or, or making him. He's not a God or anything, but I honor him and admire him. He, he is a special man in my life. I call him walking wisdom. He is, he, is, he is just an amazing man. He's been through so much in his life, and he's coming with his wife, and they're a wonderful couple. Don't miss this revival. Especially you. By the way, I want to congratulate these three men. This is three services. Well, you, you weren't here Wednesday, but you're here today. So that's two services for you. Three for you in a row. Amen? Three in a row. That's powerful. Amen? It's powerful. Come every day. Got to meet you last week. Peter from Zambia. Never had anybody from Zambia in our church. So we're blessed to have you this morning. Amen? Welcome to the church. Amen? Andy and Jocelyn, it's good to see you. Amen? Amen. It's a new year. 